Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we correct and dissect the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Al, and I'm here with my co-host, Courtney. I'm here also. Courtney's also here. Good. Because what would Ad Creeps be without me? Wow, okay. That's a... Ooh, <laughs> and also you, and also you. Strong start to the show. <laughs> Busting out the ego. Hey, I'm the diva of the creeps. <laughs> You know. Yeah. I gotta live up to that that echelon. You've got a rider for our recording sessions. I do. And it's a bowl of those horny M&Ms. <laughs> I've eaten them all. I've got a giant erection. And I'm ready to go. Well, let's do it, because I'm gonna swiftly get rid of that erection with my ad creep. You wanna bet? I'll try. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep. Wait, are there some content warnings that we should talk about? Yes. Okay. There are content warnings for discussions of adoption and teen pregnancy. Oh, there goes. There it goes. It goes right there away. It goes. It's gone. Uh, okay. It's gone, baby. Okay. In 1882. Wow. We're going way back. We're going way back. In 1882, Florence Crittenden died from scarlet fever at the age of four. Well, there's my erection again. (laughs) You can't. Scarlet fever? It's the best kind. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, love some scarlet. Oh, child death. Wait. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what scarlet fever is? I thought it was the sexy fever. I just said she died. Oh, well, no. I was just talking about scarlet fever. Oh, it's the sexy one, right? Yeah, it's when you see uh, you see someone wearing that bright red lipstick. Oh yeah, and you're like, ooh, oh. oh. But no, it kills. It kills oh, okay. it um, quite badly. Uh, oh boy, we have a vaccine for it now. I think so. It's gone. Probably not in California. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so Florence Crittenden's father, a patent medicine distributor, evangelical oh, no. Protestant, and oh, member no. of the Prohibition Party. Oh well. No. (laughs) Used her name and memory for a mission intended to help young girls. Okay. Unfortunately, over the next hundred years, it largely did the opposite. (laughs) It was not for little girls? Well, not little girls, but young women. Oh, not young women? It's not for them. No. Uh, Serving the needs of sex workers and unwed mothers, the Florence Crittenden Association of America and other religious charities operated more than 200 homes in 44 states by the 1950s. Oh, no. But a major change in the social fabric of America's youth during the 40s and 50s had a massive effect on how these homes were operated and what their goals were. Was it, Are these the the ones um, that were like, oh, you have a baby, you're not fit to be a mom? Oh, yep. No. Get ready to hear about it. Oh, no. Eject. Eject. <laughs> eject. Don't worry. We'll go somewhere fun after. I'm going to take you for ice cream this after is, this part. Oh, are you? Well, sort of. Where, in your car? Yeah, in my car. With your money? That I drive with my money, <laughs> that I make at my job. You owe me ice cream. Okay. I'm eating it. I'll, um, I'll buy it for you. Okay, okay, thank you. And then we can eat it together. <laughs> I do have some dilly bars at my house. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> We're going to your house afterwards. <laughs> a liberalization of sexual morals after World War II, combined with a lack of access to contraceptives, led to a rise in premarital pregnancies. <clears throat> you think? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. At the same time, the concept of illegitimacy, as it applied to infants, was beginning to be defined not by genetic relation or marital status, but on the psychological profile of the mother. Oh, no. Yeah. So if the mom was deemed not, and probably by her parents. Yeah. 
And just by nature of, you know, being a teen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Being a teen. Yeah. Yeah. Historian Ricky Sollinger describes the social pressures leading to this trend, explaining that women who had no control over their reproductive lives were defined by psychological theory as not mothers, Mm. and that because they had no control over their reproductive lives, they were subject to the ideology of those who watched over them. And the goals of those people, like the employees of the Florence Crittenden Association and similar homes, had changed sharply. When you said not mothers, all I could think about was uncola. <laughs> is that bad? Your brain has been melted by this podcast. I know the unmothers. The unmothers. <laughs> I would love to be an unmother. That means you get to be a fun one. Not really. It just like that's not what that meant no? this time. No, it just meant like you could be the unky, mm. right? <laughs> Right? Nope. You could just be, you could just pal around with it. It was not a good time. Maybe. No. (laughs) Here's the thing. Oh, no. The women who were sent to these homes to protect their families from shame and humiliation, young, pregnant, white women, were carrying an immense payday to term. In what would become known as the baby scoop era from 1945 to 1973. 45 to 73. 80% of all women who entered maternity homes like Florence Crittenden surrendered their babies for adoption. So, okay. I think I've, I've read or heard a podcast about this. So these are teen moms. Mm -hmm. Who are pregnant because of the education system, because of the not well, you know, educated or available contraception. Which it wasn't available. Which it wasn't available. And because you have a maybe evangelical family. And because also at the time there's absolutely zero access to abortion. Yes. And oh yeah, oh yeah, that also. <laughs> you have a, a teen who becomes pregnant. And the parents say, oh, no, 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 this is embarrassing. Yes. Why did you become pregnant? It's not like we didn't teach you about... Oh, wait, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't actually teach you about pregnancy or or sex or anything. But you... Shame on you, you became pregnant. Yes. They ship them off. Yes. And then when the teen has their baby, the baby is now a commodity. Exactly. And while African-American teen mothers were expected to live with their parents and raise their ch- the baby, yeah. um, white mo- young mothers were told, your life will be ruined if oh. you keep this baby. Classism. Yeah. Caseworkers mm. uh, presented adoption as the only option. You mean not abortion? <laughs> well, they didn't have it. Oh, well, they had it. They had but it. Didn't, yeah. Yeah causing post-traumatic stress syndrome and a variety of other issues for an entire generation of young women. Mm -hmm. In truth, white babies were valuable for couples looking to adopt, essentially turning these homes into a breeding ground Mm -hmm. for a particular genetic stock, treating the mothers as incubators. Remember, it's always, always, always eugenics. Eugenics. (laughs) If there's one thing you've learned at Ad Creeps... It just comes down to eugenics. Yep. Now, I would say, let's put that on t-shirt, but we should oh, not. Oh, we shouldn't do we that. Should no, that's not good. Because <laughs> if someone strikes up a conversation with you about your eugenics t-shirt, you don't want to talk to them. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen Wilson Buterbaugh stayed in the Florence Crittenden home on Reservoir Road in Washington, D.C. for almost three months after becoming pregnant at 16 in the fall of 1965. Mm. She called the home a shame-filled prison where mail was read and censored, no visitors were allowed, and caseworkers practiced mind control to get teens to relinquish their babies to couples. Oh, no. The home closed in 1982. Oh, no. The personnel and social workers told you constantly that you could not keep your child, Wilson Buterbaugh said of her experience. 
All I heard was, you're not worthy, you're not responsible enough, you can't afford it. Instead of helping you keep the baby, it was the opposite. Most people think we willingly gave up our babies. It's a myth that these adopted children were told, Wilson Butebras said. We were given one choice, surrender your baby. It was like having a gun to our heads. And do you know, through your research, do you know how many, and I assume there were many of them, were in the States at the time? Like, places like this? Oh, yeah. By the 1950s, there were 200 of them in 44 states. (laughs) Holy jump. So this trend only began to end in 1973 with the introduction of Roe v. Wade and the legalization of abortion. Oh, you mean, you mean the court did something about it? Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. gave, and gave more options to people? Yeah. I don't oh. know if it was a direct reaction to this or... No, it wasn't. No, it was... It a, definitely was The wasn't. whole other fight with but, abortion was but, happening. But it's... it's And the history of abortion and the fight against abortion is... It almost turned exactly um, after segregation. Yeah. And it's like there's this whole group who lost the fight for segregation. So they're like, well, let's fight about this. <laughs> yeah. And it's about that time period. Yeah. Anyways, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But now... But it's important to talk about. It is, and it's context for what we're talking about next. Yeah. Uh, By the way, abortion should be healthcare. Yup. For everyone. Everyone. Thank you. Contraceptives should be available. Yes. No matter how... God. Sex education is vital. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Look, I've taught sex ed... And uh, to grade, God, my first one was grade sixes. Oh, boy. And, like, the the girls could, I think they were well-educated. They educated themselves. Uh, the boys just could not handle it. Mm. And grade six could not handle it. So yeah. I made them run around the gym to get all that weird energy out. And then we talked about abortions. <laughs> you need to know. You need to know. Okay. Um, hey, I want to read you mm. some Yelp reviews. Little- we are going from that history to yeah. Yelp? Yeah, I want to read you some Yelp reviews from a hospital in Cleveland. So one of the most abysmal parts of history to the most abysmal websites yeah. in history. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got the connection. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so the first two are five-star reviews. Uh, the last one is, I think, a one- or two-star review okay. of this hospital in Cleveland. Of of this? Of the one that we were talking about? Not this one. Oh, no, okay. a different a ho- hospital. A hospital in Cleveland. Okay, okay. I still don't know what ad you're talking about. I know. Wow. This is a really cute place to visit. It is further away from the Wait. big city, but it's absolutely perfect in many ways. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Go on. I am so very glad I came. This made my very soul happy. Admission is free. Walking in, and the whole place smells like baby powder. <laughs> Seriously, they must pipe the smell in. Everything was so very neat and clean. The nurses are all very welcoming, warm, and friendly. Oh, my God. Y'all. Y'all. This place was like a bad horror film. (laughs) Is this the one-star review? Mm -hmm. Okay. My first thought when I set eyes on the building was that it looked like an old-timey insane asylum. My daughters and I looked around hoping we weren't the only ones traumatized by the entire experience. Alas, everyone seemed to be super into it. (laughs) Now, I'm going to take a... I'm going to take a little guess. Please. Is this a land... Where babies come from Mon Petit Chou. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. Cabbage land. In Cleveland, Georgia. (gasps) 
a town at the southern edge of the Chattahoochee National Forest. Chattahoochee? Chattahoochee. Oh, Just wow. like Alan Jackson saying it while well, he was thinking about the river. Oh. Babyland General Hospital. Babyland. It's part hospital, part stage show, and part store where you can adopt and purchase your own Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh, Babyland. Crowdside America describes it like this. Babyland occupies a 70,000 square foot building on 650 acres of land. It presents itself as a real hospital and the kids as real babies. <laughs> Staffers walk the floor dressed as doctors, nurses, and orderlies. Most carry one of the pudgy kids as if giving them a comfort or a burping. There's a nursery filled with preemies in incubators and lullaby <laughs> babies in cribs with piped in sounds of cooing infants. Oh my God. Blue and pink rooms separate babies by gender. Hey. Hey. Wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> Cabbage patch dolls have gender? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> A glass-fronted recovery room allows prospective parents to see newborns measured and weighed under the watchful gaze of a giant stork. This is all very... Oh, stork. The stork. For parents preferring less anatomical revelation. This, this... But the... Okay, first of all, this is very, like, um, gothic mm -hmm. when you pair it with the story that you that you started Oh, with. yes, it, it sure is. Second of all... They do talk about how much the tree that gives birth or the cabbage that gives birth to these babies are dilated. Ten leaves. I've <laughs> Both you, I gotta say, hey, creeps, Al and I have watched Babyland video on YouTube a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, too much, I think. I think. You think too much? Think I think too much. So other rooms are set aside for purchasers to sign adoption papers for their new doll. <gasps> But where did the baby come from? To an outsider, it's otherworldly and creepy. But give the Cabbage Patch credit. Cults usually hide their most peculiar oh, practices. No. Babyland invites everyone in, and you can take as many pictures as you want. And as many babies. Well, you have to pay for the babies. Oh. How much is the baby? There are ones that are like $1,500 because they're like collector's no. items. And then, like, they go all, all the way from, like, regular in-store pricing. Do you think... Now, again, we're going real deep dark. Do you yeah. think a Cabbage Patch doll baby is worth more than a, a human baby? That's a great question that I do not have the answer to. <laughs> oh, no. I do not feel qualified. Capitalism. Oh, boy. Um, so as you mentioned, I, I highly recommend and will link a video of the live yes. births that happened at Babyland. Yes, yes. Care of the Mount Yona Magical Forest. Yes, we love it. Watching a minimum wage employee dressed as a nurse walk a crowd of children, screaming children, through the dilation and birth process of the massive tree known as Mother Cabbage. And soon to be a bunch of queers, because we're going there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an experience that simply cannot be explained. It must be experienced. Yes. Is anyone's first visit? Okay, quite a few. There's no need to be anxious or nervous or worried because I'm Nurse Sydney and I'm an LPN here at Babyland. For all you newcomers, that does stand for Licensed Patch Nurse. I'm here to assist Mother Cabbage in her delivery today. To the way that we know, Mother Cabbage has gone into labor. So the crystals around the bottom of the tree begin to glow a little bit brighter. And the bunny bees fall above my head, begin to sprinkle down their magic crystal pollen. Help us determine whether or not we're going to be having a girl or a boy. Now, all babies born here at Babyland are special, but this baby's extra special because this baby already has a mommy to go home to. So let's help Mother Cabbage get ready for this delivery. So the first thing that I'm going to do for Mother Cabbage is I'm going to give her a dose of Imagicillin. Now, Imagicillin does not hurt or harm Mother Cabbage. It just helps loosen up her leaves and make for a much easier delivery. And lastly, I'm going to make sure Mother Cabbage has dilated a full 10 leaves. And she has her off to a great start. Oh. 
So all of this comes from the mind of Xavier Roberts. Yes, Xavier. Raised alongside five siblings by a single mother, Roberts became a millionaire by the age of 26 <gasps> after opening his business location in a converted medical clinic in his hometown of Cleveland, Georgia. Oh, it goes back to the hospitals. First named Original Appalachian Artworks, Inc., by 1982, the Cabbage Patch Kids brand was about to become a household name. Hmm. I also absolutely must mention the other line of toys from Xavier Roberts, the Furskin Bears. Uh, uh. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I'm Googling right now. Go on. If you thought the Sunshine Family ad had Appalachian vibes, there's a Wendy's commercial advertising these fuzzy little guys as a toy partnership, and it's really something. Why didn't we do that one? There's a place called Moody Hollow where the Furskins live, and now they've come to Wendy's for you to give. That's right, Furskins have come to Wendy's. Dudley Furskin and his country friends, each at a special low price. At Wendy's, that is. This community of bears from Moody Hollow were introduced in 1983. I need you to pay attention. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Orville T. Yeah. And Jaeger the Bear Cop? I'm about to tell you about them. Oh my god, please. This community of bears from Moody Hollow were introduced in 1983 and included Selma Jean Furskin, the possum queen of Moody Hollow. The possum queen. Boone Furskin, a sweet-toothed beekeeper. Oh, because she likes bees? Mm -hmm. Bubba Furskin, (gasps) a tater farmer. Of course, Bubba. Jay Livingston Clayton Furskin, the explorer. And colonialist. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And Hank Spitball Furskin. No listed occupation. (laughs) He's a moocher. Yeah. He's the guy in the sitcom who comes and he's like, hey, hey. he's the wild card. It's me, spitball. <laughs> Hot pop. <laughs> okay, so back to the patch. Okay. We have a line of toys with a built-in adoption narrative. Yeah. Just a decade after the greed and cruelty of religious organizations wow. traumatize a generation of young mothers into giving up their babies for profit. Wow. So probably a pretty chill commercial, right? No, I would say not. I would say probably not. Well, do you want to see it? I do. Can I mention something? Yes. There is a documentary i'll have to find it but i don't know if you came across the idea that xavier stole the design for the cabbage patch dolls from another folk artist no yeah her name was probably barbara i'm just gonna put that out there (laughs) but she had a line of 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 folk dolls and it's um it's called fiber like sculpture Mm -hmm. that's what they did. They like it's like foam and stuffing, and you use a yeah. A needle they're fiber to, sculpture artists still. Yeah, today. and you use the needle to kind of sculpt it. Yeah, and so she had like original, not cabbage patch, but like dolls. And Xavier saw them and said, "Hmm, look at these." Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a, a shitty young adult. I'll have to find the documentary, and we'll we'll hopefully if I find it, we'll link it somewhere. Cool. Yeah. We gonna see this ad? We'll return after these messages. I got bad chills, <laughs> and they're multiplying. Oh boy! I how do you even? 
How do you... You did this good, by the way. Thank you. You thank did this you. very, thank very you. good. Okay. Because it's like, it's almost, it's almost like notorious. Like, it, do, it don't feel good. It does not feel good. And it's like, it's also, I mean, I think people would probably argue that these two things are not connected. I would argue that they very much were. This was something that was happening in America. Yes. While Xavier Roberts was growing up, he mm-hmm. was raised by a single mother with five siblings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... Uh, I'm sure these narratives were happening in the small town where he grew up. And this commercial features a very white suburban family, a big white suburban family. And so it's a, they're coming home from in the car Mm -hmm. and there's two Cabbage Patch dolls. And it looks like each one is given to grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. And they're acting like these are babies. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, look at this this girl baby. She's going to be great. And this boy baby is going to be a slugger. And then I would say, what, a six-year-old comes yeah. out with a baby, like a baby baby, I guess. The Cabbage Patch Baby. The Cabbage Patch Baby Baby. Again, all very white. And she says a line that says, like, she, like all these three babies are hers. Yeah. The Cabbage Patch Babies. And she goes, well, I wanted to have them while I was still young. Yup. It does not feel good. <laughs> no, it does not. In the not. old chest. <laughs> and you, hey, can I say, paired that I creep perfectly with the history because, oh boy. Yes, so, I am a sommelier of terrible histories. It's so interesting because there is this concept in, in, like, especially white childhood of if you are born a girl, you are raised to be, to get ready for motherhood, which is at the same time you have these young mothers mm-hmm. who are being abused and having and 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 being told that this is something they cannot do that they're not allowed to take care of their own children god um and it's not because they're not fit really it's really because those babies are a profit wow and so are these babies yep wow god cabbage patch dolls were also one of the first um like Christmas toy yeah. of of the year where they were so popular, people fought over them mm-hmm. in the stores. Like they were big time. Yes, I didn't. Uh, I didn't touch specifically on the Cabbage Patch riots, just we, in case. We we well, we can get there. Exactly, we can get there. Don't worry, we got a lot of ads to cover. Boy, do we ever! And and I know in the many Babyland YouTube videos that I watch, and you mentioned that you do get a like a certificate yes it is very like it has a very specific like adoption process you know you you can go into a room with all these dolls in incubators you can pick out the one that you want you sign adoption papers you pay for the baby you pay for the baby and they all have their own names right you don't name them they come with names i i i don't 100 percent remember i think i mean i'm sure they come with names but you could also rename them if you wanted to yeah like a real baby Oh, oh! <laughs> Look, Yikes. everyone should. Re- here's here's my here's my big thing. You should get to rename yourself every ten years. Oh yeah, because the, the name that you're given is bad, and yeah. every ten years, like you could be Monster Truck Tyrannosaurus Rex when you're ten years old. Yeah, and from ten to twenty, that's who you are. And you know what? You could live in that truth. I love it. I think that's great. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm supposed to bring this to 2021. Yeah. You did give me this again. I'm so sorry. But I, you know what? I'm going to take this baby and run with it. Okay. Like a football. But I'm going back to 
the fur the fur things. Oh, what the fur skins. The fur skins. I hate that name too. It does sound like an old timey condom, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah. This is Ad Group's sexual education. <laughs> Part three: the fur skins. <laughs> Part two is horny M and M's. Okay, I think number one. I'm just going to make a bold claim. We shouldn't be having babies. Okay. We're done. We're done. Hey, hey, we have, we're done. I mean, if you want, guess what? If you want a baby, cool. Go for it. If um, you want a baby, eats a boy. If you want a baby, eats a boy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that one. Yeah, yeah, we really do. Um, I, Go for it. But maybe we should just like, I don't know. There's just, I, by the time that baby is like, you know, th- probably twenty. It's going to be in a world of. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's gonna you hear about be- this moon? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you hear about yeah. the, the wobbling Al- moon? Hey, Al told me about the the moon. She wobbles. She wobbles. She's wet, and now she wobbles. Girl, she wobbles. She wet and wobbles. <laughs> Look, the moon is wobbling, and uh, hey, everything is real hot and on fire here in Canada, and I can't imagine it's much better elsewhere. So maybe. I don't know. We should uh, anyway. Anyway, we don't want we don't we don't want more cabbage patch. Dolls. Yeah, I don't even know. They're they're probably selling more of them. I think instead of cabbage patch dolls, we slap some old of that old fur that we have in the back <laughs> from the fur skins, and we make them cabbage patch dogs. Cabbage patch dogs, and there you are a foster family for a rescue dog. From a high kill shelter in California. That's the story. Okay, so it's it's Babyland High Kill Shelter. Yeah. Puppy Puppy Puppyland. <laughs> Puppyland High Kill Shelter. Yeah. And all the, the employees are dressed as like vet techs yeah. and shelter employees. Yeah, and they have a euthanasia room and they're like, You better get this. <laughs> You should not be laughing. You are really going in. They're like, hey, this this puppy, she's going in. And if no one gets this puppy, it's gone. It's gone. You gotta adopt this puppy. And then all their commercials are just like Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. In the arms of the fur skins. Okay, I don't like that. You don't like that? No. Okay. Yeah, but Sarah McLaughlin's there, and we're at Big Puppy Land General High Kill Shelter. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> and the cabbages, here's the thing. The cabbages aren't spayed. So they keep having puppies. <laughs> Spay and neuter your cabbages. I can't please. stress this enough. Please, please. And the and yeah, that's how it goes. Okay. And the and instead of the tree, you know, you got the tree. Yeah. Uh it's it's the face of Bob Barker. <laughs> Spay and neuter the face of Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's telling you. Oh, okay. Please. And so you have to, you, you, now here's the thing. Mm. You can't adopt. It's a foster period first. Okay. Can you handle this puppy? And guess what? You probably can't. Because there's like, look, I'm looking for a new rescue dog right now. And it's about, ooh, a year and a half, two years since everyone got a dog, you know, a puppy thinking, ah, I've got a lot of time. <laughs> there's a lot of messed up dogs, y'all. You really, hey, you really messed up some dogs with that pandemic life. Oh, boy. Can you tell me yeah. about the commercial for yeah. um, Cabbage Patch Pups? I think I think we're going to the baby land, and I think it's rebranded, and you go in. It's real sad. 
I think it's real sad. And you have you have a family, and they're like, you know, we were thinking about getting a purebred golden retriever, but we heard rescue is great, and and all the staff there are desperate. Mm-hmm. They're like, please. And the babies, uh, sorry, the puppies, they're coming out of the cabbages. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, Left and right. It is. They're popping out. It is a lot. And, and it's it, not like... You're not making a profit off these puppies. No, you're giving no. them away. You're giving... You're saying, please take them. And the and the little and the little child sees the puppy is going to the euthanasia room. And they're like, I'll just take it. <laughs> just give it to me. Just give it to me. And then... And then at home, the puppies, it's just... It does pee. Oh, okay. We're going to have to make a pee doll. Oh, well, yeah. that's okay. We could just use the, the My Little Pony blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got the apparatus. Yeah. Um, and it cries because it has separation anxiety, and uh, it's leash aggressive. But you know what? You just live with it. And so we have, maybe we have a commercial of the little girl coming home with the puppy. Yeah. And then we, like, flash forward to two months later, yeah. and the mom is like, uh, your dog pissed all over my house and also <laughs> ate, uh, like, all my favorite shoes. Yeah. And and the girl thought, well, I thought it was just a doll. It's not just a doll. It's like a commitment. <laughs> we're just gonna go real dire. With okay, that. yeah. We're I mean, that's really where we started. That's where we're that's ending. Where we're I love it. That's I love it. it. And it's like spay and neuter. And Bob Barker, the ghost of Bob Barker, comes on screen. Is like spay and neuter your pets while Sarah McLaughlin is singing in the arms of the angels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I love it. Yeah. That's it. Cut print. <laughs> that's an ad. Was that more lighthearted or less lighthearted than where we started? I feel like I'm staring into the freaking abyss. Okay, well, here's the thing. I've got something fun for you. Oh, thank God. It is a local ad um, that is very close to my heart because it is from Ontario, Canada. Hell yeah. From 1995. Oh, yeah. You ready? Yeah, sock it to me. Imagine if the whole world revolved around you. Wilson! You forgot to study! Don't worry. Here are the answers. Well, at Wonderland, everything does revolve around you. From pushing your limits on the new Top Gun jet coaster, partying at concerts, to just hanging with the famous. Paramount Canada's Wonderland. Life should always be this good. Wilson, this is your new lab partner. For summer fun, hurry to shoppers and get coupons worth $6 off regular Wonderland passports. Park open daily. That was Paramount's Canada's Wonderland. My Paramount is a Wonderland. Yeah. Um, It is a park uh, located outside Toronto. I don't know where exactly. Um, But I went to it as a kid. Uh, You were the boy in the ad. I was. That was me. Uh, And they gave me everything. (laughs) Canada's Wonderland was really... The reason why I wanted to highlight this is it started out as Paramount's Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. And so it had the movie tie-in. You actually had Fred Flintstone and, like, the Hanna-Barbera things things in the park. You had a Top Gun coaster. Well, and Worf was there. You did... Well... It was a Klingon, specifically not Worf. Oh, it wasn't Worf. Because I think they had rights to, like, the old Star Trek, but not the new Star Trek. It was Worf. It was... <laughs> it was Woof. It was Woof. Uh, yeah, so I picked that ad because it did highlight the cool movie things... Yeah. ...about Canada's Wonderland, but very shortly after that, um, they lost the contract with Paramount. Oh, so they were so, just a place. So it was the roller coaster instead of Top Gun. It was the tops. 
ooh, <laughs> bottom weapon. And instead of instead of wharf, you had vagina head man. <laughs> Love him. But Fred Flintstone was still there. I don't know why. P- a- a- anyone can just steal Fred Flintstone, yeah. I think, is the thing. That's true. You can just have him. <laughs> um, Canada's Wonderland was the first time I went on a roller coaster. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it ruined me. Mm. It was really rough. I don't know why my mom let me on one of them, but boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Makes you feel a little bit better, huh? Yeah, I guess. No, it doesn't. <laughs> We're dead inside. Oh, yay. And if... <laughs> wow. My voice was really just you scraping okay? the bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. Um, if you have something that was near and dear to your childhood and it was also a local ad, please email us at adcreeps at gmail.com or adcreeps on Instagram or the Twitter. Yeah. Especially those local theme parks. Yeah, love to oh. see it, folks. Friends? Okay, here's the thing. Al and I have had a plan to RV across America and the in in the Canada and go to very awesome roadside attractions like Babyland General. Yes. Um, so if you have something in your local area that also has a local ad, we we have to have the TV commercial. Please send it to us so we can add it to our roadside roadside America. RV. Yes, someday. someday. Someday we'll be on the road. I'll be blowing out the toilet. <laughs> our uh, Your husband, our PA, will be driving. Yeah, uh, and the border will hopefully be open. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Uh, right. So far, Babyland General and Dollywood is on there. Oh, those are on there, baby. They're on the And also the Point Pleasant Mothman Festival. Yes! Uh, that is that is the three things, the three major points that we need to go. The must-haves. The must-haves. And, and, and every mystery spot in between. There's so many mystery spots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. We got the trees of mystery on there. Boy, howdy. Hell yeah. Yeah, so if you have a local ad, we really, really want to see it because they make... Look, sometimes we give some real downer of ad creeps, and the and the, the local ads lift us up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what else would lift us up? What? If you wanted to give us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts oh, yeah. or your app of choice. Um, yeah. Or tell a friend. Any of these would lift us up from the funk we get in from um, talking about history, but- which was bad, all of it, and currently now. Researching and digging deep. <laughs> That's what we do on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. Speaking of Saturday afternoon, we got to get out of here and eat some Sloppy Joes. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for yeah. listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. I don't think I can eat a sloppy joe. I can eat one for you. <gasps> Two? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>